0: I, I want to present a healthy example of what a dad, a husband, friend should be, right? So I have to start with myself. I have to lead by the example. I can't just speak it. I'm not going to be defined by these choices. I refuse to be. I acknowledge the harm my actions have had in my life and on others. And then you have to be honest with yourself. Okay, what can I do to fix that?
1: Welcome to the Superman of the night. I'm your host, Frank Rich, and this is the only podcast in the world dedicated to helping men break free from the shackles of addiction through the power of faith and fitness. It is our goal with every episode to help you take back control and rebuild your body, mind, and spirit. And we do so by bringing you real and raw conversations with people just like you, aiming to find their place in this world while dealing with the everyday struggles and battles that we all face. Now, it is my belief that we were all created for a specific purpose, and if we can harness that belief or faith, then take control of our mind and body or fitness, then we can ultimately create the life that we've always dreamed about, our own superhuman life. I want to let you know how grateful and blessed I am to have you here with me today. Let's get on to today's show. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode. Of the superhuman life. I'm your host, Frank Rich. And before we get into today's episode and I, and I introduce our guest on today's show, I just want to take a moment once again and just express the deepest level of sincere gratitude. You know, if you guys are listening to this episode as it is released, uh, maybe in the first few weeks of its release, chances are you're, you're facing in an uncertain and unprecedented time in your life. And I'm just truly blessed and and so grateful to still be able to do this on a on a weekly basis. You know, the tools, resources, platforms that we have available to us at this time in human history is unlike anything else. The fact that I could sit here in a back corner office in my home in Lutz, Florida, just north of Tampa, with a microphone and a computer and record my thoughts, record conversations with people's with people and people's stories that I find interesting and inspiring, and then distribute that out to the world for you guys to hear, uh, truly is remarkable. And I hope, or my hope and my prayers for you at, at this time is, is that you're using this situation, this, this worldwide event that is taking place as a time, as a period in your life to truly reflect and find gratitude. Seek it. Look at everything in your life. Yes, there's been a lot taken away. There's, there's, there's more to come. We have no idea really what the next few weeks, months, and years are, are going to look like. But if we could take this time, this moment in our lives and first connect with the ones that are closest to us, our families, our friends, our loved ones, but then most important, just, just find that place of gratitude, find that place of happiness. And what we can still do, whether that's work, whether that's growing as an individual through these podcasts. Um, and guys, I, I need to be careful here. I don't want to. I don't want to turn this into another complete episode. But if, if if you're looking for inspiration, some more inspiration on this particular topic, if you have not done so yet, go back and listen to last week's episode on Leading with Faith Over Fear, episode 27. It was a direct call to men. Uh, but if you're female in the audience, there's there's tons for you to get out of it as well. But go back and listen to episode 27. But guys, I want to jump into today's show. Um, I have an incredibly inspiring gentleman with me, a warrior, a soldier, a fighter, um, Kyle. And and I'm going to intro him here in a minute. But let me just kind of preface our conversation. So um, we're talking about porn and and we're talking about the problems with porn and how it's perceived, and how it's promoted, and how it has been promoted within our own U.S. military. You know, this wasn't something that I was really thinking about. You know, I don't have a military background myself. Um, I have spoken with a few active duty soldiers over these last few months that have reached out to me um, about my coaching programs and 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 just seeking out help. Um, obviously, we had we had Zach Zenios on episode two. And he talked about his struggles and his challenges while serving our country over in Iraq. But I hadn't really taken a deep look into it until I started prepping for the show with Kyle. You know, Kyle and I had connected a few months back um, through a mutual uh, f- mutual colleague. Uh, you know, he's working on some big things, and he had a story to share. And and I was I was I was blessed to be able to hear it. And after speaking with him, I um, I wanted to share it with, with you guys. But my guest today, you've heard his name. You've heard his first name a few times. is Kyle Mason. Kyle is a 10-year military veteran. He's a father, husband, and he's a prior porn addict who found freedom through uh, from enslavement through God's grace and personal accountability. He now uses his story to connect with and help others. It is his hope porn will one day be seen through the same lens as other chemical addictions. And we talk a lot about that. We talk about both of our experiences, you know, Kyle shares a lot about his own personal story and struggle and how it led to, uh, relationships ending and shame and guilt, all these feelings that, that every single one of us that goes through this struggle deals with. Um, and then we address some proactive measures, you know, and and this is not just for military men. This is not just for servicemen. Guys, I wanted to bring a level of awareness. And, um, as you listen to the episode, there's a few or quite a few references that, um, that I refer to. There's quite a few articles. Um, so if you're interested in actually reading those, I'm going to link up everything down below, um, in the show notes. I'm going to link up the books that I mentioned on every single podcast down below. I'm going to link up my email address down below. If you guys are seeking out help, if you're in a place, especially with what's going on right now, um, you know i think we're all facing situations where we have more time than we know what to do with so how do we proactively handle how do we proactively schedule that time to make sure we're not falling into these traps but guys kyle's got an amazing story to hear he's got some incredible wisdom he's been doing uh some amazing work he's been free now for about 6 months truly inspiring another brother in this fight another another warrior on the battlefield with me and if you guys are out there right now and 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 you're finally broke free and and you're beginning to to feel what that freedom feels like uh whether it's one week one month or just one day it doesn't matter um know that every day you have an opportunity to continue to grow to continue to progress because that's all we're really guaranteed is just that one next day we're not even guaranteed the next one we're guaranteed the one present day so focus all of your energy all your efforts all of your focus should be on that one present moment? How can you ensure that you are growing? How can you ensure that you are becoming the person that is no longer in need of or is no longer addicted to pornography? Guys, if you need help with this, if you have questions, send me an email, frankrich.fitness at gmail.com. Hit me up on Instagram at superhumanfrank. Um, Gonna get into today's show, guys, but before we do that, as we always do with every single episode, Just want to thank you guys once again for tuning in, giving us your ears. If you are a first-time listener, here's my ask of you. If and only if this podcast provided you with value, if there was something that you took away and you said, hmm, what these guys just said makes me a better person, if and only if that is the case, do us these two favors. First of all, we need to continue to grow this podcast, And, and, and we do that by two ways. We do it by... You're sharing it. So if there's somebody in your life, maybe you have a family member, maybe you have a loved one that is actively serving the military and and you are now just brought to awareness on an issue that they may be facing, send them this. Just send them the link and just be like, hey, I think you should listen to this. If there's somebody that's not serving, well, first of all, if they're not serving, then this is the perfect time for them to, to start listening to and growing and developing themselves because we all have extra time. So Share the podcast. You know, we're up to 28 episodes now. Maybe not this one. Maybe it was one of our previous ones. Share it with them. Um, But secondly, guys, if you haven't done so yet, make sure to leave that five-star rating and written review right there on iTunes. Um, That way we can tell the algorithm and let Apple know that this is a podcast that helps people, inspires people, motivates people to become a greater version of themselves. And in return, they will put this podcast in front of more people. So that's my ask of you guys. But without further ado, guys, getting on to today's episode, talking about porn and the problem with the U.S. military, Kyle Mason. Love you guys. Mr. Kyle Mason, welcome to the Superman Life, brother. (laughs) Mr. Frank Rich, thanks for having me, sir. Dude, appreciate it, man. No, I'm 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 so grateful for for you today. I'm 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 really grateful for this conversation that we're about to, to get into. I know we were chatting for a few minutes offline, and for those of you that uh, that did not pay attention in the intro, uh, the conversation that we're about to have here with with Kyle is one that both he and I believe needs to take place. It's one that if you do a little bit of research online, you can find. Drip little drippets of the beginnings, but I think having his perspective, having somebody that's been in the trenches, both from the actual military side of things, but actually has gone through the topic of what we're actually addressing here. Um, I, I know Kyle that 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 this conversation is going to really impact and, and change some people's lives. But the first thing I want to do is because of what we are discussing here is is i want to recognize you firsthand and i want to recognize everybody that does serve in in our armed forces and in our military and i don't want this conversation to come across in a degrading way to anybody that is that is serving our country because it's it's because of you guys and because of everything that the entire military does for us it actually gives us the opportunity to have this conversation here today so i just want to recognize and acknowledge you for for what you've done um, I know you have a partner in your business now uh, that I have. I was, you know, fortunate to have a conversation with you guys, you know, uh, a few months back now. But I just want to recognize you guys, and and if you're out there, and you know, you're either actively serving in the in the military, um, or you have spent some time in service for us. If you have somebody within your life that is uh, actively serving, remind yourself, and 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 I want to remind you of of how appreciative and grateful we are to, to live in this free country. So Kyle, thank you so much, uh, for what, for what you guys have done for us. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. But but now that we're past that, like, let's, I want to get into, to the real topic here because prior to having a conversation with you, uh, a few months back, maybe six or, or eight weeks or so, I had never really even thought about this as, as a problem. I, maybe it's just a level of, uh, naive, naivety if I pronounce that correctly. Um, I just, I just hadn't thought about it. I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't realize it was a problem. I didn't realize that there were guys, um, actively serving that were, that were dealing with these issues. But as I started to prep for this today, um, it really became aware and clear to me that this is a conversation that needs to be had. But before we kind of get into what's really going on, I want to give you an opportunity to kind of share uh, behind the scenes. Look, you know, you've, you've been in the trenches, you've been serving, um, you've also dealt with porn addiction. So I'll give you the opportunity here to, to kind of just share a little bit of, of your story and your experiences. Um, of actually how it's encouraged and, and maybe promoted. Maybe encouraged is not the right word, but how it's how it's viewed within the military and, and how that led you uh to to getting in the position where where you ultimately were, that you had to come face to face and say, this is something that's got a higher level of control of me, and I gotta take advantage of it or take take control of it. Absolutely.
0: Um Frank again, thanks for having me on. I think it's very awesome. important to have this conversation.
1: And uh, you know, um,
0: I think that for me coming to the conclusion that I have an issue and realizing how bad it is and then the opportunity to take that bad and turn it into a good, mm. right. Um, and to help other people that, that have similar struggles to myself. Um, so to start porn, right. Uh, it's got hooks into me. We discussed earlier, fairly early. I think I was around 13 years old when I, my earliest recollection of, of being introduced to pornography. Um, you know, and that was right at the golden age of dial-up internet as it began. Yeah, so you know, you know, it's kind of different for for us and and our and our our parents because then they actually had to to go out, you know, to a, a porno store and or wherever and and get something right. Whereas here, the internet you know so readily available uh, and anonymity, anonymity, anonymity uh, if I can say it correctly, um, it just it, it it makes it a lot easier. Um, to go out there and get it and, and, and out face the initial repercussions. So as a 13 year old, as a teenager, you know, you're like, Hey, let's, let, let's go look at some porn. Nobody's going to know, right? No harm, no foul. Um, so prior, so I, I joined the military slightly later than your average. I think I was, I turned 21 right out of boot camp. Um, so I had, I had, a, porn had a fairly good grasp, um, on, on, on my heart. I think at that point. Um, and so I did 10 years. Uh, got in April 2006, got out. So just shy of 10 years, got out in November of 2015. Um, uh, multiple deployments to Iraq, Afghanistan. I was in Europe. Um, there was years where I was gone 300 days plus out of the year between training and deployments. Um, and, and so I didn't have, looking back now, with, with the growth and everything that I know now, looking back, I didn't get myself and I didn't have the opportunity to really make connections and strong emotional connections with women. for the opposite sex. Right. Um, So to me, sex was always kind of like this commodity. um, And that was reinforced by porn. You know, that's how porn is portrayed. Right. It's just this transaction between two people. Right. It completely removes any sort of uh, the, 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 the clear kind of intimate connection between two people that genuinely care about themselves. Right. That's just not how porn in any, in any forms portrayed, even on TV, you know, it's, it's so in our face um, on a daily basis and in so many different ways. And so in the military, you know, when, when your main concern on employment is not getting shot or making sure that, you know, (laughs) you're, you're careful with where you're putting your next step, right? For me, porn was a way to deal with those stressors. So my, my forethought was, okay, I just need to get through the next day. You know, it wasn't what kind of effects is porn having on me as a person, you know, but what, how is it, how is it developing? How is it causing me to develop emotionally? Um, And so Fast forward, uh, right before I got out, I was dating, uh, me and my wife were dating at the time. Again, I didn't, ha- I didn't realize I had an issue with porn. I was looking at it daily. Um, and, and, and looking back, there was, I, I had an overdependence. It wasn't just a thing that I would use on a daily basis to deal with stress. I like could became a part of like my daily routine, right? Cause I'd been, I'd been using it for so long. I mean, there was times where I can look back and you know, I would lose two or three hours a day. That, that's, that's how strong its hold was. Um, so me and my wife, we started dating. She was really the first person, the, the only woman that I really ever truly cared about and loved looking back. You know, I had serious relationships. but She was the one, she was the first person that I really desired to connect with an emotional level. And looking back and realizing porn neutered my ability at empathy right it, it kind of and, the, and obviously the military you know it doesn't do anything to really help you build the soft skills necessary for those types of relationships right mm-hmm. and then and so and then you have porn and you're trying to to develop a strong relationship with the woman you love um and and she's telling you that i have a problem with porn and you're sitting here well okay that's i understand that but you don't really understand that i
1: didn't so Was this something that she was like, she was aware of. And she was telling you this like early on in your guy's relationship. Like you, she knew that you were heavily involved because I think a lot of guys going through this and whether they're, you know, they're married, they're with their wife or they're in a, you know, they're in a relationship like many, many times the, the porn habit or porn addiction is kept secret within the man. But, but did your, yeah. did your wife currently and girlfriend at the time, Know that it was something that was a, a daily habit and ritual for you. Um, yes and no. She knew that I had, like any other guy. I mean, it was obvious.
0: Most okay. you know, most guys have some some level of experience with porn. Um, no. At that time, it, it was neither one of us knew that it was an addiction. Okay. So yes, yes, I did. I I I put a lot of effort in minimizing my use of pornography. Mm. Um, and. So, fast forward. We're married. We have a son. Real quick, um, because
1: I don't. I want to. I want to. I want to continue to your story, but I want to address something right here because you know, porn has this this view. I mean, you and I are are on a mission to to bring awareness to the, the issues and problems within it. But there's so yeah. many people behind on the other side that are saying, "No, it's not an issue." But oh, yeah. what we what. You just said, I think it's if if guys really looked at themselves and they said, OK, porn is not a problem, but at the same time, I'm not willing to share my real consumption of it, my my regular routines of it. It's like I'm yeah. saying it's OK, but I'm at the same time, I'm hiding it and I'm keeping it a secret, so to speak. I think that in and of itself is very eye opening that, hey, this really is this really is a problem. Um, that we're not able to, to be fully open and transparent, which, which is why I'm just so grateful for, for your honesty and, and, and transparency here. But I think that's something a lot of guys out there, if you're listening and and you're hearing this, it's like, if you're saying that it's okay, that at the same time, you're not open with your partner, your wife, your significant other about what you're doing, reevaluate what's your true definition of something being okay is. Uh, just just yes. something I wanted to to bring awareness to, but um please continue
0: no I, I, that's a good point at the very least, it should give you pause to say, okay, maybe it's worth looking into
1: yeah,
0: you know absolutely um yeah, so uh again uh I didn't mature the soft skill soft skills needed in the military to begin with, and then porn did nothing to help that so i came I came into my marriage uh was empathetic. Um, I was, uh, I was addicted to porn, right? But at the time I didn't realize I was addicted to porn because first, you know, I had to reconcile with the fact that I even had a problem. So I had I had to acknowledge that I had a problem, right? And this was early on in our marriage. Um, I had to acknowledge that I had a problem and then I had to reconcile the fact that I had a problem, right? So it wasn't so much acknowledging it was okay. Well, I have a problem. Well, you know, how? How widespread is this problem? And and through over the years, and I should fast forward that um, you know, I'm 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 separated, like I'm getting divorced. So porn to a very large degree ruined my marriage. You know, it ruined the relationship that I had with my wife that I could have had. (laughs) And I completely and, and and so from that I completely own that what I brought to the table. And, and, and for me, I see it as a failure as not only, you know, a father to my son, but, you know, as a husband, a friend. Um, and, and I realize how much porn played a part in me not being able to realize the true potential in those arenas. Right. So so you have porn. Right. So not only are you, was I losing, you know, X amount of, of time a day porn right so that's time away from school right this time away that i could be dedicating to better myself educationally to my son being a better father husband friend what have you right but now i have the incurred shame um you know just the the shame the frustration that comes with that and so and and through you know first couple of years after realizing Had a problem. There was there was so much shame. There's so much frustration, and I would deflect because I was still in a position where you know what, I I, I, this can't all be on me, right? As far as the porn and what I brought to the table, so I would deflect that, you know, on other people, my wife, you know, our our family, and I I look back and I just realized how short tempered and and easy to get frustrated I would. and in all classic signs of porn addiction, because through my research, I've realized that porn addiction is, is in psychosomatic and, and to, to psychosomatically and, and to a large degree, chemically, it's just like any other addiction. You know, they did. I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. they've done studies where they've taken CAT scans of somebody addicted to porn who's actively looking at porn and somebody who's doing uh, cocaine. Or, or heroin, methamphetamines, right? And It highlights the exact same areas of the brain, right? One hundred percent. It releases yeah. the exact same feel-good chemicals that those drugs do, right? And so, dopamine. Yep. Yeah. Um, and 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 so with those addictions, you have shame, you have frustration, you have all all these all these these kind of um, mal effects due to that, you know. So from a chemical dep- dependency point of view, it, it raises your baseline, you know, so your body gets used to having, you know, it's, it's new, it, it normalizes to the higher level of chemicals in your bloodstream. So if you go, you know, a certain amount of time without doing it, then, and, and, and you kind of get below that, that level, then you get angry, right? Mm-hmm. get frustrated because that's just that's that chemical dependency in some Phys- level. You go
1: through physical uh, physical withdrawal symptoms, you know, at the mm-hmm. at the yeah. most severe degree this is why, you know, severe drug addicts, you know, crack, heroin like they get to the point of such physical dependency that they have to be put into treatment centers.
0: Um yeah.
1: you know, I I haven't read any uh any reports of people withdrawing from from porn addiction, but I shared a story way back on episode one, where literally just 48 hours after breaking free for the first time, I began to experience a lot of this, this physical withdrawal and pushback. So 100%, it's, it's, it's not so much the, the porn, the the visual, the visual is stimulating a chemical response inside of our brain, inside of our body, that dopamine hit that boom, like that feel good response. That's why when we're when the act of doing it, it's like that anticipation, the anticipation, the anticipation. Yeah. And then that release, it's like it's like that feeling of ecstasy. Uh, yeah. that is what we're becoming addicted to. We we've developed the neural pathway in our brain, though, that in order to get that feeling, the only way that we can do it is through the visual pornography. That's why a lot of times guys experience the loss of intimacy with a real physical. Woman, because they're so they're so used to that that response, that that feeling of ecstasy, without a lack of a better word, of it being from a computer screen. So when we get in with a with a real life physical woman, it's like we can't we can't replicate it. I've heard stories of guys literally like not being able to get an erection without their hands touching a keyboard. Um, These are just some severe severe cases. Um you said a few things there at the beginning that that are a consistent theme, so I just want to make sure we we highlight them. Um, we talked about early on you know in in your life at your younger age it it wasn't as readily available as it is today, you know, like we had to steal the magazine and i've I've had this conversation with a with with a handful of guys on on the epi- on the show here where it's like yeah our our first exposure to it was like out in the fort in the woods, you know, like magazine, like underneath the leaves. You just hoped like when he showed up next week, like it was still there that another gang of kids didn't find it. But this is a, yeah, this is, I think the point here is this is an awareness to parents realizing that we are in a different time than when we were growing up, realizing like if your child has a smartphone, if your child has a social media profile, um, and, and, and guys, if you've heard multiple episodes, I, I probably sound like I repeat myself, but it's so important to really become aware of this that it's not so much more just something we we have to worry about when our kids are away from us out in the woods. It's like no, it's actually right there within their within their hands. So just bring that awareness. The second thing he said is, along the lines of how porn gives you the feeling of being a man without requiring anything else uh of you. And there's a great quote by by John Eldridge, and I'm I'm gonna gonna off-quote it a little bit here, but it's right along those lines is what makes pornography so addictive is the fact that it does give man, a man everything he needs in terms of intimacy without requiring anything of him. You know, if you're in a relationship, if you're if you're married, if you're engaged, if you're with somebody else, like yeah, part of that relationship is gonna be that sexual intimacy, that feeling of closeness together, that sharing of touch, feeling, sexual, sexual intimacy. But in order to get there, like you have to show up as a masculine man, you have to show up however you guys have determined that between your relationship, a provider, uh, a protector, somebody that that's the leader of the house. Like there's so many things that you need to do as a man before you get that other benefit. But with pornography, no, 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 no. It's just a click away Boom, I got everything I, I need. So it starts to re really rewire our brain as as what what's expected of us from men. We can still just go get all the same feelings, that same dopamine release, that same chemical response, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't actually have to show up and, and be the man that we need to be. So um two incredible points. I just wanted to make sure that that um that that we highlighted those there. But Um, you cannot throw in on that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll I'll
0: speak to the, that last point first. Um, you're absolutely right. You know, and that's that's part of the problem, right? You set up the, you're getting the wrong expectation because that video, that picture you're watching that woman on the other end, like she doesn't know you're there, Mm. right. She's not expecting anything from you. And that, and that carries over. Right. And so for me, I've been doing it for so long, I think, and this, you know, I'm speaking personally. Specifically for me, it was hard for me to realize why, you know, my wife at the time was having such a problem with it, right? You know, it's, it, was, it was almost like I knew she had a problem with it, but it was hard for me to internalize that on a level that was respectful of her feelings and what she wanted and needed. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that, again, sex, porn, it was, it was transactional, right? But it was just nothing was expected of, from me. Like I could go and get it wherever I wanted it, whenever I wanted it. And I didn't have to give anything in return. Um, and to your first point, um, and I, I honestly, this is, this is, this is why I'm doing this more so than anything is, is, um, you know, speaking, speaking to the fathers out there, the husbands, the, the, the men who will have kids like the, like you don't want your son, your kids, even your daughters to be exposed to this. Right. So for me, the ultimate goal is inoculating your family. Right. Teaching, teaching, raising men, raising boys into men that respect women and raising women and girls into women who have an honest an honest reflection of how, how she should be treated by a man. And, I, and, and a huge component of that is, is is making sure boys understand the dangers and how influential porn can be. So uh, to your point specifically, I will go even further and say, you know, when we were growing up, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how old you are, but I'm 34. So when I was growing up, you know, this is in the time of Seinfeld, right? Like, you know, like we were still watching um, Andy Griffith. Mm-hmm. On TV, you know, like reruns and stuff, like the whole oversexualization of 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 our world kind of is nowhere near where it is now. You know, you had you had family programming that was family programming. It didn't have you know sexual context, any windows, anything like that. But whereas today, it's in your face everywhere. Whether whether you look at porn or not, you are exposed on a daily basis in one form or another. To the oversexualization of of men and women, and and it's and and sex from an intimate perspective is devalued, and that's that's if you're not looking for it. And that's just society at large. Um, so I, I think it's very important for parents to acknowledge that fact, be aware of that fact, um, and to realize that you can't protect your kids from everything,
1: but. But it starts, but it starts with, with conversations that, that you and I are having and then understanding, okay, at the right time, I need to have these conversations yeah. with my, my children. Like you can't, you can't just run away from it. No. Uh, I I don't ever remember my parents having a conversation with me about, hmm. about, him. I mean, I, I, I like can distinctly remember the first magazine though, finding in my dad's drawer. So Here I'm seeing it as being accepted, but then at the same time I was never, and I'm not blaming. you know, like, I don't, I don't think that there was an awareness of it. You know, I'm 36, so I'm just a few years older than you, but we grew up in the same kind of generation. I don't think at that time it was really the awareness of it being a massive issue wasn't there as it, as it is today. But I want to, I I want to cite a few, um, research documents and, and studies here. Just kind of adding on to, to everything that we're saying. So, a study done in 2015 by uh, Paul Wright and Robert Tucunga, uh titled Men's Objectifying Media Consumption actually states that uh, fundamentally pornography desensitizes viewers and conditions them to see others as objects. So, realizing that human beings were not created, uh, whatever your religious beliefs are. Um They were not created to be consumed by others, but what ends up happening like you said, is there's a scene taking place, and you 're here on the outside watching consuming it it's now over time it's conditioning you to to just simply look at others, more specifically females as objects that are there for consumption. you yep. so take it the next step further, um what this report has then gone on to say and it's supported by data is. Those that uh, view pornography on a regular basis are more likely to believe in quote unquote rape rape myths, such as women enjoy rape a lot of times. And I'm I'm not saying that all pornography is this way, but many times it's putting men in a more dominant position with Mm -hmm. women being submissive to them. So realizing that over time, if this is something that you're consuming every single day, uh, you 're watching men being dominant, men being uh over overbearing to women, and women just gladly accepting it now some yes sometimes the the women on there like they're they're willingly doing this, so this is not a uh, a standpoint against what the woman is doing in, but many times that 's not the case many times these are women that are put in there um as submissive figures but if you 're conditioning yourself over time that men are in the sexual field are, are meant to be more domineering, you're conditioning yourself to believe this. And I think this addresses why there's been a massive increase in the amount of sexual assaults. Um, so I've read a, a, a multitude of, of articles and, and it's documented that um just within the, the military alone, this is going back to 2012. Um, the commission of civil rights conducted a study that there were over 26,000 sexual assaults among service members. So this is active men and women. um, And they found that only 46% of these sexual assaults were actually reported to authority. Most shockingly of all, they found that one in four women in the armed forces have been sexually assaulted while four out of five of them have been sexually harassed. So with that in mind, one thing I, I would love for you to, to share, Kyle, is your time spent in active duty. The culture around pornography, from what you've shared with me before, is it was something that was not just widely accepted, but it was actually, in a way, kind of promoted. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was encouraged.
0: I, I remember being on, I remember my first time in Iraq. I mean, we had a hard drive that people would just pass around, it was nothing but porn just a terabyte of hard drive or a terabyte of of space on that hard drive. Um, and it was, you know, it was laughed about, it was joked about. Um, but you know, looking back, people, people characterize that as military culture, but honestly, it's, it's, it's not, it, that's general culture at, at large, I think to, to, to a large degree, you know, men, you know, your average your average um, trainee going into boot camp is 18, 19 years old. Right. They're already exposed to porn. They already had these. I'm not going to say they don't have pro- proclivities to um sexual assault, but they have they have an association. And I would I would I would venture to say they have an unhealthy association with porn already. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that if you looked at society at large, those numbers in the military across certain segments of society would probably be about the same. Um and so I know uh I forget the I forget the name of the um the study but it came out it, it, between uh 2016 and 2018. This was after um the uh sexual assault scandal at the Naval Academy that the, the military did this huge study and they enacted a lot of new um policies that were meant to discourage this and in fact sexual assaults actually went up by like 30%, you know, even after the military took these steps to, to try and mitigate, um, that, 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 that culture, that, that segment of of mentality in the culture. Um, and so I think really, honestly, it speaks to a larger society issue, um, in the military, given its very nature, Mm. you know, the military isn't there to, I mean, the military is there to defend our nation, to win wars, right? It has a very specific goal, right? So it doesn't have time to sit there and tell you uh, porn's bad. You have to be a good person. Um, you know, you, you need to have decent and solid morals. It's it's you're, it's taking an 18 and 19-year-old person who many times is not fully developed emotionally, um, putting a gun in their hand and saying, hey, we're going to send you overseas. There's a high, uh, we're going to um, put you in situations where it's very likely you could lose your life or, or somebody else you know, right? Very, uh, so they're, they're increasing, you know, and a lot of these kids, you know, they, this is the first time living away from home, right? And so stress levels are through the roof, right? And they already think they're on top of the world because now they have a gun in their hand, right? Their hair's on fire. So you have a lot of different things kind of going on. Um the last thing they and and so one of the ways at least for me and this is how I dealt with the stress of being in the military, being deployed, being gone all the time was porn. It was an outlet, right? It was safe because I wasn't hurting anybody. Right? I'm just I'm getting a release, right? I'm getting it's like smoking a cigarette, right? You know, you get that you get that feel good, right? You get that stress relief. That, that's what it was for me and I think that um in that sense The reason why you have such a high level of sexual assaults in the military is is because because porn, well, for one reason, and obviously I'm no expert, but I I I know that porn plays a large part in that equation and the and how it is accepted not only in the military, but society at large.
1: Yeah, we're taking we're taking this uh this small fragment of you know peoples, society, like an isolated study here you know with people that are already maybe innately more aggressive like like the quietest person in the classroom like that's you know that is kind of withdrawn like that's not the person that's getting on the front lines and like ready to go so there's something you know there's something uniquely different about every single person that steps into the military military and then so innately they're a little bit more aggressive then we put them through a training to tap into that and be able to find it to an even higher extent degree, but then we promote something to them that we know over time, because we have, our brains have these mirror neurons that are going to continue to condition their brain in a certain way. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I wanted to come across as like, I'm saying that this is the main cause of why it, uh, why the, the assault is, is at the level that it is, but if we can identify that maybe promoting it, and encouraging it at the degree at which it sounds like it was while you were there maybe is not doing anything. I know you made a comment, like you weren't hurting anybody, but you were, you know, now like you were definitely hurting yourself.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. But it was to my point earlier, you know, when, when your first concern is just getting through the next day, you know, alive or, or, or just trying to get through deployment. The last thing you think is an 18, 19, 20 year old, even older is, you don't sit there and stop and, and take the time to gain perspective on how porn is affecting your life, you know, and, and all the myriad of ways that it does, that it did, you know, and, and for me, I realize now just how toxic and how how much it got its tentacles and in, in, in all so many different facets of my life. Um And obviously that didn't happen overnight. I mean, you're talking when I'm being honest with myself, I, I was addicted to porn. I mean, I mean, if we're, if we're going to, we're going to take the addicts mentality. I'm still addicted. I've been sober almost five months now. Um, but I mean, 15 years we're talking, Mm -hmm. you know, well, before I ever joined the military, I was, I had an unhealthy relationship.
1: Um, yeah. And just, and, and for you as somebody that is, you know, on this fight with you, you know, on a journey of his own, like, and, and is now is helping and coaching other guys. Like, as i'm working with my clients it's it's understanding like you're with me for x amount of weeks you know 12 16 however many weeks you know we we signed up to work together but realizing that the work that we're doing right now is to help accelerate this process but just like an alcoholic you know somebody that that struggled with alcoholism for you know decades of their life like they don't i don't encourage them to always associate as an alcoholic but realizing that I have to make sure that I've put measures in place in my life that I don't like, I'm not just going to go hang out, you know, sit at a bar and say, I'm going to sit here and only drink water. Like, yeah, some people maybe have the strength and discipline to do that, but very few you are going to find are going to, are, are, are going to be able to over the long haul withstand that same thing with drugs. You know, if, if you've struggled with drugs, we've had multitude of guys on here that have overcome some incredible incredible lows with heroin, cocaine. These guys know that I can't put myself in those environments that used to breed that out of me. So I think for, for those of us that have have gone through this and and really suffered at a severe degree of, of addiction, it's, it's understanding that the triggers are always going to be there. Um, you know, there's always going to be temptations and it's, although we can continue to work on ourselves to, use a quote that I always use, become the person that's no longer addicted to porn, realizing that's a lifelong process. Uh, yeah. We always have to work towards coming that, that new individual. I want to shift pivot here and hopefully kind of give some guys um, some real tactical stuff. You know, you've exper- you know, you've shared quite a bit of, you know, how it affected your life, but at the same time, like you've been able to, to break free. So, for those guys that are, you know, coming out, whether or not they've, they've gone through military deployment, but if they're at that point in their life where I think we address it, step number one, it's like identifying and admitting that it, that it was a problem. You know, you had to do that. Unfortunately for you, it took uh, a breakup of, of a marriage I think yeah. to, to really bring, we don't want guys to to get to that point. But I think ultimately like, whether or not you identify with the word addiction, uh, if it's something that is routinely done in your life, then it's, it's a problem. I think in order to get rid of it, you have to identify the problem. So what do you recommend? You know, once guys have identified, Hey, I have a problem. Like what are some quick kind of action steps that, that, that have worked for you? Um, and that, you know, guys that are dealing with this can, can help implement into the life right away.
0: Well, to fully answer that, can I, can I speak back to your point? You just made a minute ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, about- so, in my opinion, what makes, you know, kind of uh, purity addiction, purity issues different from others is that you take alcoholism, you know, opiate addiction, like they, they are national dialogue on, on uh, generally, they are vastly generally accepted to be bad, right? Right. You go down the street and you ask anybody, are, are, uh, is, is smoking meth bad? They're going to be like, yeah, right? You go down the street and you ask people, well, how do you feel about viewing porn? You're going to get, you're going to get across the spectrum answers, right? Some people are like, "Well, I don't really see a problem with it, right?" So you have to realize that porn addiction is different in the sense, or, or or having a unhealthy reliance on porn is different in the sense that your 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 group, your your sphere of influence, not everybody's going to be on the same page as far as supporting you and and understanding. You know, like some people might just laugh at you. I mean, I've got I've got friends that were like, "How do you have a problem with porn, man?" Like. I don't get it. They no. just don't understand, and yeah. so, and so you you have to be prepared for that because that for a lot of people is going to be a huge mental hurdle, right? And, and 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 create an atmosphere, especially in our our over sexualized society, where it would be easy for you to be like, eh, you know, what, maybe I really don't have a problem, right? And kind of fall back in those old old um, habits and hangups.
1: Um, well, it's me- it's a massive dream of mine. Um- and and this is the reason why this podcast has slightly pivoted to to the direction I'm taking you now and it's the reason why I'm doing the work that I'm doing it's the reason why I'm having guys like you on because I think we're in the early stages of having the right types of conversations to hopefully one day see it in the same light, the same context as those other substances. I I I think because of the generation that we're that we're living in, the time that we're living in, we talked about it, you know, you and I growing up, it wasn't excessively available, but I think as technology continues to grow and grow and grow, and it's literally like right in front of our eyes, it's my hope and my dream that one day it will be viewed in that same exact context. Will I ever get there? I, I don't know, but I'm on a mission to, to do it, so. Right there with you,
0: brother. At the very least, um, you know, we can plant the seed and somebody else can, can help water it. But yeah. um, to your question, what are things that I've done well? Um, let's see. I so I'm a full time student, I'm a dad. Um, so I I porn was an unhealthy way I dealt with the stress of life. And so one of the ways that I have dealt with it, for one, I've gotten accountability. Mm. Right. So um there's there's a variety of of products out there you can put on smartphones, um, computers. I use Covenant Eyes because
1: I like it. And then i talked about I've talked about Covenant Eyes before, guys. Um actually have a partnership and relationship with them. It's a software that you assign somebody. Um, if you're interested just for a month and trying it out, actually have a code, um, hit me up on Instagram. I'll just drop the link in the code below actually. So I'll drop the link to Covenant Eyes and the code is superhuman. But yeah, Covenant Eyes is, is one of the best ones out there. And it's, it's good because it takes screenshots, random screenshots of your, your
0: devices too and sends that to your accountability partners, right? Um, and obviously it, it, it has measures in place to protect, uh, privacy and whatnot. Um, and, and, and yeah, you know, go to the website for, for for more information, but that for me, as far as securing my devices has been really good. Um, you know, I, I got back into working out, right. Get myself physically fit. Um, um, you know, I, 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 I concern myself with school and obviously raising my son. I've got uh, almost four year old. So he's, you know, really, he's, he's the reason why I'm doing all this. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I have, I I want to present a healthy example of what a dad, a husband, friend should be. Right. And so I have to start with myself. If I want to, I have to lead by the example. I can't just speak it. Um, Other ways. I, so, you know, when I, when I talk to people, I, I, I come, I approach both the secular and non-secular point of view, but for me, faith has really become, um, kind of a grounding point for me. And so I've, uh, I've gotten involved back in my church, um, and I've surrounded myself with people. And so, um, I joined, and it's actually a national, um, kind of organization, um, Christian organization, but it's called celebrate recovery. Right. And, um, they have, um, um, they have sites all over the country. Um, and essentially, celebrate recovery is if if you have any sort of issue, right any sort of habit or hang up or addiction from codependency to drug dependency to you know trauma, right This is an organization you get involved with. you go and you surround yourself with people who are um it's a it's a faith based approach to dealing with those issues, right. Okay, and this is called um,
1: C- celebrate recovery. Celebrate recovery. Celebrate it's recovery. Human. Okay, yep. and it's actually physical meetings that you go attend, like in person, or yep. is it online? Mm-hmm. So they um they they have online components as well. Okay. Uh, The um
0: the location I go to is is every Friday night, um, and so there's there's a there's a sermon. There's usually um somebody goes will go on stage and tell their story, and you you have the gambit from sexual trauma, you know, abuse, drug addiction, you know, if if it's if it's some sort of malbehavior, it is it is celebrate recovery,
1: you know, has an approach for it. Right. That's amazing. I'll make sure to to get the link and we'll we'll drop that link down below guys as, as, as well in the show notes. Um
0: amazing. Um and 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 that's that's really so I have I it's not about having really it's accountability. And it's being to answer your question succinctly, I had to come clean with myself. I had to be honest with myself. Say I've got an issue, it's causing problems in my life. And you know, in the beginning, I was like, I'm not really sure. Yeah, and you have to be willing to figure out just how much of an impact it's having on your life. And then you have to, and then you have to commit to to fixing that. You have to, you have to you have to hate what you have to hate the effect it's having on your life for
1: you yeah. to really affect change. You have to, in my
0: opinion, for me. No, I, no,
1: I, I, I'm it. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there. And I, I agree 100%. And I mean, what, what you're saying, it's, it's, it's really this, the steps that, that I went through. And the, I mean, the beginning phases of, of how I work with my guys, I said it before, but you know, I have this, I have this saying and I, you know, gonna continue to repeat it, repeat it, repeat it to where it just becomes like known that this is this is Frank's quote. Uh maybe one day there'll be like a nice little fancy quote card. But in <laughs> order to to overcome porn addiction, you have to become the person that's no longer addicted to porn. And like I really emphasize that word become. You know, I take a growth centric approach to doing Absolutely. this. Like, um, you know, I've under, I understand, you know, twelve steps recovery. I, I, I see the value in taking those types of approaches. What I don't like about it is the constant identifying with walking into a room and raising your hand and saying, "Hey, I'm so and so," and whether it's alcohol, drugs, or porn, I'm addicted or sexual addiction, I'm addicted. Like constantly identifying with that previous version. It's like no, yeah. identify that it's a problem, admit to the change, but then make a plan on who you need to be to remove it from your life. And everything I do for myself and with everybody that I'm working with is focused on who do we need to be to not have this in our life? Because if we could be clear on who we're trying to become, because every single one of us is becoming a new person every single day. You're either becoming a new, better version of yourself or becoming a lesser version of yourself. But that's a sheer fact is every single day you are becoming different than you were the day before. So yeah. being very clear on, okay, this is the problem that I have, but this is everything that's preventing me from doing that I want to do in my life. You, for example, like you've been very open and transparent. It's like you were not the husband that you, that you wanted to be. You had a four-year-old that you needed to be an incredible father for. And an example, you were a former, uh, or you are a veteran. So, so former active military, you needed to be a leader for other guys. So you had to get so clear on like, Okay. My my habits, my addiction, are preventing me from actually being that person that I'm supposed to be showing up. And you got to get so passionate and clear. You said you use the word you like. You have to hate yourself so much, but you have to be so passionate about this problem is preventing me from everything that I was created. And I'm I'm so glad that you opened up about you know your your faith there because. That has been a major part in in in, in, in my journey and my transformation. It's understanding that I was created on this earth with a very specific purpose. And I believe that right now my assignment is to have these conversations and bring as much awareness to this as possible. So if I'm so clear on what I'm trying to do, but at the same time I'm over here like on the side, like with this little habit that's like isn't in line with who I'm trying to become it's just going to eat away. And I've, I've been there to where like, it just eats away sure. from, from the inside out. So. Uh, and, uh, real quick. It's,
0: I didn't hate myself. I hated the impact my choices were having on my life. And you have to hate that. You have to hate the results of your choices and say, you know what? be, And this is all about, so, you know, it's all about internal dialogue, right? Um, so you have to, it's almost like you have to self edify yourself and say, you know, I'm not going to be defined by these choices. I refuse to be right. I acknowledge the harm my actions have had in my life and on others. Right. And then you have to be honest with yourself. Okay. What can I do to fix that? And then you have to connect yourself with, because you're not going to be doing it on your own. That was my big problem in the beginning is I was like, you know what? I know I have a problem, but I can fix it myself. And was I so, so wrong. No, it's not a sign of weakness it's honestly a sign of intelligence realizing, I mean, if you're in the military, speaking of the veterans or really any group, like you don't do your job by yourself. It's a group effort, whatever it is, your work, whatever industry you're in, right. You rely on other people to do things so you can do your job, right. It's the same with this, right. You have to be able to rely on people that you trust, right. That people understand where you're coming from and that people are going to be a positive influence on your life and move forward. Um, and, uh, and so it took me a while to come to that realization. And uh, part of this, and I, I agree with you. You know, I think you know God doesn't, God uses the broken and the the weak to do his his greatest. I mean, you, you take most examples in the Bible, and I mean, you look at most of the disciples. A lot of them made some very big mistakes, right? But He used those mistakes
1: to, to do good.
0: Right. So like I said, you take the bad and you turn it for good. Right. So that's all it is.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's why I just in love with what you're doing now. First of all, I agree 100%. Like this is not a fight that can be fought by yourself, but I think you're at the point now, because I know what, what you're working on and what you're doing is I think once you get over that hurdle and once you've, built your network of people around you and you begin to get through this, I think the next level progression for all of us, you know, um, and this is what I'm helping my guys, like as they transition out of this, like, it's like, okay, like now you're equipped with tools and resources, go make a bigger impact. Like I'm literally creating an army uh, for yet. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no. no I'm developing an army of guys out there because once you go through this, Like you are equipped with tools and resources that now can help others. And I think the greatest way to lead somebody is lead them by one or two steps in front of them. You know, yeah, like, like lead the experts, lead the scientists to do the research on chemically what's happening. But the guys in the trenches that are actually coaching and helping guys, like those needs to be the ones that are just a few steps ahead of them. So I know you have some things that you're working on. Um, so I want to give you the opportunity to, to, to kind of share, you know, how you plan on um, helping guys that are that are going through similar things, your unique perspective and, and your partner, how you guys are kind of bringing a new uh, kind of a new standpoint and viewpoint to to this whole this whole thing here. Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, currently working me and my partner both both veterans, um, both have a, a, a history with porn to varying degrees. Um, and, and understand the impact, the negative impacts that it has on people's lives. Um, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, he's, he's kind of more of your vanilla kind of every other guy associated with porn that just kind of realized, you know what, looking back, you know, I realize, um, how it affected my life, me much to a greater degree, I think. Um, and, and so we've, we partnered together right now, we're working on a book, um and and it's it's really our our ultimate goal is is to target young men, fathers and help them inoculate their families, bulletproof their families from porn, right? It you know as you say we're we're making we're turning boys into men, right? And and inoculate them especially in such a hyper sensualized and sexualized society from porn and and those effects. Um, and so we're we're currently working on a book. We're hoping to uh, to release it third or fourth quarter this year. Um and and it takes we're taking both uh kind of a scientific approach as well as a man in the trenches approach because you're right, right? You you can have a psychiatrist or a counselor speak in your face all day, right? And they're gonna give you a lot of ton of advice, but are you really gonna relate to them mm-hmm. in the sense that, okay, man, have you been where I'm at? Like, do you understand? Are you approaching this from the, the position of, I know exactly where you're at because I've been there. Well, a lot of doctors, a lot of professionals who, who are doing a lot of good work, um, can't, can't always necessarily speak to that, that component. And so I think it's very important. Um, because it's, it's one thing to be in the foxhole, right? And you got some guy at the top of the foxhole who's never been in the foxhole trying to tell you how to get out of the foxhole, but it's completely different when you have somebody else in the who gets down that foxhole with you and says, Hey dude, I know how to get out of this. That mm-hmm. helps you out. You no.
1: Know? Um, Amen. Amen. And um, so excited for, for what you guys are doing. I think probably third, fourth quarter, whenever this is ready, maybe we'll have you and John back on for kind of a quick, um, <laughs> you know, quick episode to kind of promote, promote that, um, you know, but, but if guys are interested in maybe, you know, connecting with you now, like there's somebody out there said, Hey, the way Kyle spoke, like, I just so resonated with his story. Like, um, I want to give people an opportunity if that's something that you're open for to direct them to you, if they want to connect with you. So where's the best place for people to, to reach out to you? If, if what you shared today really resonated and they, they just want to have a conversation or they're, they're looking for some help or looking for you to help guide them somewhere, where's the best place for people to, to reach you? Well, we're in the
0: process of, of building a website right now. The best way to get in touch with me is is through email. Okay. Um, which we can add in the link. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll um, drop, we'll drop the email. We'll drop the email there down, down below. Um, and then, yeah, guys, you guys, um, you know, you can, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, email. Um, Kyle and I will continue to be in touch because I want to continue to support everything you guys are doing and help and assist in any way. I possibly can. So brother, I appreciate you so, so much for, you know, your, your honesty, your, your vulnerability, your transparency, your awareness, um, and really your help. You know, I think, um, fighting this porn as a, as an individual trying to overcome it, we both agree that you can't do it alone, but at the same time, for those of us that are kind of now leading the forefront of, of this conversation, leading the forefront of this fight. It's just incredible to have strong brothers like by my side that are, that are working towards the same mission. So I just want to acknowledge you and recognize you again for everything that you're doing. And I'm excited for, for what you and you and John have on the way and, and are to create. Um, but before we go, I always have one question. Um, that I end every episode with and the podcast is called the superhuman life. It was created because of really my 20 year battle uh, with, with addictions. And during that turn, that two decades I accomplished, you know, at the time, what I thought were some truly remarkable things. I mean, Started a few different businesses. I, you know, competed in some some high level bodybuilding shows. Like I, I had done a lot, um, but it wasn't until I was able to truly break free and and truly understand that I was created for a very specific purpose that I gained this sense of limitless. Um, and and that's really why the show is created, uh, entitled the way the way that it is. So one thing I ask every single guest is if you could define living a superhuman life like what does that mean to Kyle
0: so there's a quote i forget who said it um but they said it's specific to addiction so they, they they basically they put it up on the screen and it says addiction blank you god blank you and then it has the words has and with right so does addiction have you and god is with you or is addiction with you and God has you, right? And I, that's it, and I remember when I first heard this, it was so powerful because that resonates with you. Because I think addiction and when I say addiction, I mean sin, right? Mm-hmm. Sin's sin's always going to be with us, right? But does it have us, or is it just with us? Yeah. Is God uh, God's always going to be with us, but does He have you, right? Um. And I think I think that I'm, I'm I'm in the phase where I'm transitioning to where he has me, you know, and that it doesn't matter what's with you. He has you. Mm. Right. And I think when you have that mentality, you know, um, another thing, too, in the military, you know, when they teach you how to shoot, you know, they teach you about keeping your sight picture small. Right. You got to keep it to baby steps. Right you know you got to have that long-term goal but the only way you're going to get to that long-term goal is by keeping the picture small and taking those baby steps every day right and and getting get and that's how you're going to get to whatever to, to your whatever freedom looks like for you right from whatever you're dealing with whether it's porn addiction you know
1: whatever whatever
0: dependency whatever maladaptive behavior you you feel like you have in your life um that you you can you can use that saying that quote and I think um for me that's that's part of living the superhuman life I think you yeah. know
1: incredible and incredible Kyle once again man thank you for all that you're doing all that you will do let me know how I can continue to support and for you guys that are here with us again today First of all, I just want to thank you again for tuning in and giving us your ear today. It is our goal that maybe this conversation doesn't directly resonate with you or is not directly associated with what is going on in your life, but if we continue to address these and have these conversations and bring an awareness that ultimately we can ultimately change the world and what is going on. So as I ask you guys with every single episode, if this is your first time, listening, just thank you for tuning in. Thank you for giving us your ear today. If you have not done so yet, make sure to leave a five-star rating and written review down there on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you are listening to. But most importantly, guys, as we continue to grow and share this message, the best way that we're going to be able to reach and have the impact that we're trying to create out in the world is by your continued support. So if there's somebody in your life that is struggling either in the military or just struggling with porn in general, and you know that this conversation here today can maybe help them or bring awareness uh, that, that they need and more clarity that they need. Do us a favor and just share this episode with them. But guys, we thank you again for Kyle, Frank, Rich, God bless you. And we love you all.